1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and Army veteran. And my co-host is actually at work today, guys. So um, it's just going to be a solo mission, but um, I have a very special guest for you guys today. Uh, I checked out his Instagram. He has some amazing music out there. He's an evangelist, uh, Dr. James. And uh, I just wanna welcome you to the show and say thank you so much for joining us. How's it going, brother?
2: It's going well, thanks for having me, Josh no problem i'm I'm glad to have you
1: on um i uh basically, I found you just kind of going through Instagram and I found your page and I see that you're sharing the word all the time and um and also just uh you know doing some amazing uh things for the lord so um and also what really I think is amazing is. You have the ability to be a uh, mainstream uh, secular uh, artist, you know that that can flourish, I bet and make so much money in uh in, in the secular side. but you chose to take your music and 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 do it for the Lord, which is a uh, which is a niche that I think the people that listen to uh, that type of music really,
2: truly needs. Um, yeah, well, I'm doing something very different, Josh, as a, as a missionary, but also as an EDM artist. So mm-hmm. as, a, as a missionary, you're not getting many missionaries doing electronic dance music as a way of evangelizing the lost. It just So that's why when I first started out, I claimed I was the first missionary to do that. And I think I was. I started this back in 2019 after I heard from the Lord to begin producing dance music. Um, And when I put the word out, Josh, and I asked various Christian friends and ministers of mine, look, I'm thinking of sort of doing Christian or gospel EDM. They said to me, "Uh, we know gospel music and we know EDM music, but gospel EDM? Not sure about that. It was just kind of like a new thing. But I tell you what, the last year, if you go on Spotify and kind of search for Christian EDM playlists, They must have heard from the Lord too. There are so many artists now, Josh, that are coming up, bottom up, through the ranks, grassroots who no one's ever heard of, but they're producing some great dance music that have very strong Christian or gospel lyrics. So my point of doing that, I'm a missionary, number one. I'm called as an evangelist to the nations, to the nation of America, to preach the gospel, to see revival started, right? But there is a space out there, a, a music space that is untapped, and dance music is one of them. And yes, it is a very, very new genre that you've got to start. And uh, you know, if you if you start and you build, then you can reach a, a lost audience: the ravers, the clubbers, yes. yeah. um, people who don't ordinarily come to church services. They're not going to tune in and listen to Hillsong or uh, you know, Elevation music uh there's a whole buffet out there that Christians listen to as well that they they're not going to listen to they they they're listening to Ed Sheeran they're listening to Tiësto they're listening to Getta Rihanna whoever so i'm tapping into that space to bring the gospel to them
1: and that's wonderful you know uh that's what we're called to do we're called to spread the gospel and and uh, i listen to your music and and it, you got to understand well we all understand that there's uh so many uh satanic uh messages in in all music especially rap as well you know there's, there's just you know sell drugs get women uh you know rims cars yeah all these you can you can you can name oh, yeah. all the te- the 10 the 10 commandments are broken every song right so um now you're doing the same because yeah um, even though dance music is not really like the as violent as rap or anything like that uh, it's mostly like you said, clubbers and people that are taking uh, ecstasy drugs, and and they might be having yeah, that uh, come are. down. They might have that come down of ecstasy and be able to hear this, uh, you know, hear from the Lord and hear the gospel at some point and just go, wow, you know. And you might just wake them up and shake them up and get them out of uh, out of drugs and get them out of uh, doing what they're doing. So I just want to, first of all, just uh, you know, thank the Lord that you, there's there's an actual niche for this, you know. Uh, I love that. My my wife was actually in the raver scene before, you know, and I. Uh, when i was deployed and and I, I know very well how uh what it could do you know it's not like she, she did anything crazy or, or bad but i know that people are up for several days dancing and all that stuff so i just i showed my wife your music and she was like what <laughs> what is this you know she never heard anything like this so it's really cool and i, I just I love that part but what we really want to get besides the music part is get into the the evangelist part you know that's the part obviously like you said that's your yeah. that's the mission okay. the gospel um, uh, there was something on your Instagram I liked. Uh, I wanted you to go over it. it. It was like the world calls it this and then God calls it that. I have it all written down if you don't have it memorized. But do you remember when you did that on Instagram?
2: Yes, I did. And that kind of blew up. Uh, oh. I, think I, I think I got something like, uh, what was it? Maybe 10,000 comments. Yes. Yeah, I saw um, that. And like there was it was like this endless conversations between people. I mean, I chipped in, people were arguing. I had a lot of Catholics coming in in there. Why well, are you criticizing you know Mother Mary? You know, what's the matter with Mary in prayers? And you not just me, but a lot of other Christians are jumping on that conversation, defending the true gospel. We love Catholics. Um, there's a lot of Catholics in America. There's more Catholics here in the Boston, greater Boston era than there are evangelicals. Oh, I I bet.
1: Yeah. Um
2: but there's a system of religion that needs to be exposed and broken because there are so many lost in the church. Yeah. And so when I came here, I didn't realize, yeah, I'm going to be reaching non-Christians, but there's a lot of Christians who, or identify as Christian who are also lost in the church, absent Amen. of the power of God, absent of a relationship with Christ. They don't walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And even the ones, the evangelicals who are, who, who understand good doctrine and have a relationship with christ they're quite often around here this is not bible belt it really isn't you know it's one of the driest places they absent of the power and fire of god you know so they just go to church as usual on a sunday wearing their sunday best you know listening to a a good sunday sermon and then have a sunday lunch and then go home and have a good sleep and that's Mm -hmm. it that's that's their christian experience so i'm trying to wake those up because by nature, well, I wouldn't say by nature. It's just the fire that God's put in my heart. I'm, I want to see revival. You know, I want to see the sleeping giant called the church, wake up, overpower the darkness because it's seeping in all around. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if you've seen the news, but here in Boston in April, the satanic temple have, um, they've planned the largest historic satanic gathering. I don't know if you've you've seen that.
1: I, I okay. First of all, I'm 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 checking your Instagram out all the time. I saw it on there, oh. and also I'm I'm a cons- this my show's Christian and conspiracy, so I've watched several episodes. Right. Of other other people exposing this as well. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, keen to this, and I love what you're doing with it. But go ahead and keep going with that.
2: Uh, I'm yeah. Well, look, you 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 keep your ear glued to the ground. That's good. Jesus says, pray and watch. Yeah, Um, And we need to be very watchful because the enemy has a plan and these Satanists have a plan. They're very serious about trying to take over the city. And they, um, in fact, I've got inside information to say that all the hotels, most of the hotels, let's say in, in the city of Boston are fully booked up for that weekend. Wow. Yeah. These people are flying in from out of town, from out of state, They're going to be doing their rituals. They're going to be saying their satanic prayers. They're going to be opening portals Mm -hmm. to give entrance to demons. See, this is the thing that people don't understand. There is a world beyond the physical. There's a metaphysical world.
0: It's a spiritual
2: world, and we need to open up to that spiritual world and understand there's a spiritual battle going on, and every Christian needs to walk in their armor and use that. You're a soldier, right? So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, and use. Be expert at using the spiritual weapons God has given us. All right, because if we, you know, ca- casual Christians, this is not a time for you know church as usual. This is not a time for casual Christians. Casual Christians end up casualties, right? <laughs> and 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 those Christians who don't pray become prey. P r e w e y right. Yes, they become prey. So you know, it's either fight or die, spiritually die. So, um, you know, we, we've organized the revival on that same weekend. I'm working with YWAM and different ministries who caught sight of this vision and get the sense of urgency that revival is now. You know, I'm tired. I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm tired of people just listening to stories of revival from the past. People get stuck on that. I respect what happened, man. I read about those stories. I get inspired by them. I'm sure you do as well, Josh. Amen. Yeah, Azusa Calvary Street. Chapel, man. <laughs> yeah. Calvin. you know, Azusa Street and what happened in Brownsville and even going further back to the Hebrides revival, the worship, But guess what? God doesn't dwell in the past. God yeah. is a God of the here and now. He's very existential. He's a God of the eternal present. And, you know, God connects us with what He. we need to connect with what God is doing now, with yeah. what God is saying now, where God is sending us now. And when we do that, we connect with a flow of revival fire. And and it's catching, man. Uh, people, people get set free from demons. People, you know, just one rhema word from God. People are, the logos, is like there is a difference between the logos word and the rhema word. Like, if I pick up my Bible and start reading, that's, that's the Logos word. The Logos of God is like the general kind of purpose of God, the mind of God, okay? Um, the reasoning of God. That's You know, we get the Logos and the mind of God here, but we need the Rhema word of God. The Rhema word of God is the spoken word. What is God saying now in this moment? When we begin to hear that, and listen, there aren't any shortcuts. You can only hear the rhema word of God when you spend time in the secret place. Amen. And you pray when you surrender your life to Christ and you live a lifestyle, not just on a Sunday or on a Wednesday church meeting, a daily lifestyle of prayer, of fasting as well, of surrender at the cross, coming to God with a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart at the foot of the cross and lay your all at the altar and say, Lord, I don't even belong to myself. I am your property. You own me and I give you my time, my talent, my treasure. I'm all yours. I'm all in. When you're like that and you walk with a crucified life in a level of holiness and sanctification for the Holy ghost to really use you, you're going to begin to hear the word of God, the rhema word. And when you release that, Josh, miracles happen, demons are cast out. There's a flow of prophecy. You are walking in the supernatural. And when you're walking in the supernatural, in that uh, in that place of being led constantly by the Holy Spirit and hearing what he's saying, I'll tell you what revival will come. So that's what I'm trying to stir up here. I know it's a, probably a longer answer to your question, but, no, but that's my heart.
1: That's it. I love it. Everything you're saying is, is spot on. Um, uh, that's what we need to do. We need to shake up the Christian community because like you said, it's a, it's just a Sunday thing. Uh, let's go out to dinner and then the rest of the week you're living of the world, you know, instead of uh, constantly spending time in the word. And then a lot of people, what they do, I think, uh, uh, is they take what their pastor says on Sunday and they accept that even though they're not understanding that there's 45,000 different denominations. And sometimes you need to take what your pastor is telling you and you need to go study that yourself and see what God is telling you. Because sometimes the church is going to be telling you, you know, like I, I go to Calvary Chapel, for example, and they might have a certain view that they, they always harp on and teach and teach and teach. And it's like me, I, I'm open to going and searching all the different perspectives. So that way I know as far as Christianity, now I'm talking about all the other, you know, Mormonism and all that. I do search that too just to have uh be able to answer questions to people. But um I, I wanna search out all the different views and make sure that I God is showing me what I need to know instead of showing that pastor what he needs to know and then trying to show you, you know, because you gotta search out yeah. the scriptures, you gotta study you yourself. To. You got to make sure that that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, like you said, and uh, it's not going to speak to you if you're just hearing hearing the word. Well, faith does come by hearing the word of God, which, yeah, definitely. But also reading the Bible and understanding that maybe, you know, you got to make sure that God is speaking to you directly and the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you and you're in the word constantly. Because like you said, man, spiritual battle in everything we do. Everything we do, there's indoctrination from all different areas. If you're in, if you're in college, if you're in high school, wherever you're located or whatever you're doing, you've been indoctrinated your whole entire life. And there's this big old block wall that uh, the the indoctrination has put between you and God. So you need to break that block wall down every single day and chip chip away, chip away, chip away until you're at the point where you're talking, where you're just led by the Holy Spirit and led by God, because evolution yes you got uh you got evolution you got the big bang you got uh well for me the heliocentric all these different things that are putting you between you and god and then finally when you sit down to read your bible when you're 30 years old or whatever you're like all this area is put in between you so when you start reading genesis and you start reading certain things that it's going to challenge your faith and you got to understand like you were saying this is the word of god right so all Dude, it, it's like God is true. Every man is a liar. Once you start finding out all this stuff and breaking down the scriptures, you will become, like you said, instead of being a believer in Christ, like, I believe. That's amazing. You have faith. Oh, That's what we need. But are you a follower of Christ? Are you following what, yes. what, what, what he did instead of just that's saying, right. I believe in him or I believe what he did? That's amazing, too. Don't get me wrong. But what you're saying, though, is spot on, bro. And I 100% believe it. And spiritual battles. If you guys understand what, what he means by that, read Ephesians six twelve. Yes, the dominions and everything, but understand, study that. You know, God, what did Jesus do? Jesus said to go cast out demons, go heal the sick, go spread the gospel. What is is? most people just think just go spread the gospel. But he said to cast out demons, heal the sick and spread 100%. the
2: gospel. Right? 100%. And for those listening who think that a Christian can't have a demon, well, you probably have one yourself
1: because oh, yeah. <laughs> Christians can
2: have demons. And oh, listen, yeah. Christians, demons can't possess a Christian yes. because they are owned by the Lord. But demons can afflict Christians' mind and emotions and physical body in terms of illnesses. And Jesus sent us to cast out demons. Guess what? He's not casting demons out anymore anymore. He's left that to you and me, the church, where the body of Christ is supposed to be the finger of God and bring the kingdom of God to earth. And Jesus has already defeated the devil. But like, let's say the Taliban were defeated in Afghanistan, all right? The moment that, um, that American occupation sort of left Afghanistan, all right, to police it, to enforce, you know, new law and order. Guess what? The Taliban came back and now the Taliban yeah. rule again in Afghanistan. Isn't that a shame? I mean, I won't even go into that conflict, right? No, it's, it's You know all about that more than me. And this is what's happening right now. We, Jesus says, occupy till I come. Right? Yeah. So he's not supposed to occupy. He's already given us the weapons of warfare. He's already inflicted defeat on the enemy. But we got to enforce that victory. we got to enforce that dominion and power and authority over darkness, over the devil. Otherwise, he's going to be occupying because he doesn't play fair. He sneaks in through the back door. He, um, he works through politicians. You wow. know, a lot of the, the principalities and powers play out through the political world. But I'll tell you what, they also play out through the church. There's oh, a yeah. lot of religious demons that are binding and blinding the church from operating and occupying. And yeah. for me, the solution really is about the church doing what it was commissioned to do. Jesus says, go and make disciples. He never said, go and make believers.
1: Yeah. It's not, yeah.
2: it's not good enough just to make a, be- a believer, a disciple, like you said, is someone who follows Christ, who's done is, Done the minimum of the ABC accepted, believed, and committed. Mm -hmm. Simple. You know, they are committed to surrendering their lives to Christ, to death if necessary, to stand in the reproach of Christ if necessary. You know, that's how serious a disciple must be. And the difference between a believer and a disciple, for example, is a believer could be someone who just talks about revival. A disciple goes and does revival, they get involved in it. Yes. And and I'm out to make disciples. That's what I'm out to make. And um, you know, everything I do as an evangelist is about leading people to the Lord, but I'm also trusting churches to take those new converts mm-hmm. and disciple them. And I don't know what a good job the, the, the church is doing. I may end up starting my own church. Yeah. To make sure that these people are properly discipled. We do have a I do disciple men. I got about Roughly about 10 to 12 men that gather at my house. You know, yes. discipleship is, is so key right now. Reaching the lost is different to making disciples. When you reach the lost, then what do you do with them you once go, you reach them? You can't just say, oh, you've prayed a sinner's prayer, bro. It's <laughs> all good.
0: Just go on that, your man. way.
2: Go yeah. on your No. The discipleship is about giving them your telephone number, saying, I'm here to pray for you. Hit me up, meeting with them, casting those devils out because they may not be totally free, uh, teaching them to do the same, teaching them the scriptures, getting down into their problems during the week and walking, through, walking them through, knowing that somebody's there for them, with them and meeting during the week. It's not good enough just to turn up on a Sunday and think, yeah, that, that's great. I've had fellowship. Oh, that was a great word. A lot to think <laughs> about there. No. <laughs> I see Sunday as the locker room talk. Yeah. Right? That's where you round up the troops, you you kind of celebrate, you, you kind of give them instructions, you you motivate them, you you give them an inspiring word. But the the game is played out during the week. And that's the go, that's the time where people struggle the most. They yeah. really struggle during the week. They need to be discipled in the week. They need to meet up. They need to know who's discipling them. See, every believer not only needs to be a, a disciple, but they've got to know who's discipling them, right? Like, we need to be accountable as men and women. There's women out there who, they if you don't know who's discipling you, then you're not in the perfect will of God. I'm just going to be bold and say that. You need to have someone in your life that you know is discipling you, mentoring you, spiritually nurturing you. If you can't identify who that person is, you need to pray for that person. And secondly, you need to be a disciple maker yourself. Yeah. So everyone might, the Bible teaches that every believer, every, every person in Christ needs to be discipled by someone and needs to be a disciple maker that's an unbreakable chain right there imagine if every believer was connected into that chain i tell you what we would get the job done and jesus would come you know i yeah, uh, i think so
1: i think the church is slacking on the part that you were talking about i think there that sometimes uh, and and no offense to any pastor out there because i understand that you have so much on your plate and so much to teach but uh, I think it is slacking in the area of knowing about demons, fallen angels, and and the devil, you know, because and hell, right. Uh, so I think it is slacking a little in certain areas. I think it's just certain churches stick with the grace, uh, the grace uh, doctrine, certain ones teach, teach just, you know, uh, some of them do teach end times, but you know, the deceptions are going to get real. Uh, real quick, right. The birth pains are going to get stronger and people are going to be lost in the sauce if they're, if they're just continuing because, uh, Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, you know, he will spit you out, you know, uh, you know, so uh, you, you got to understand lukewarm is exactly what you're talking about. Lukewarm means that you come there yep. on Sunday and you're there for an hour. And then you're with your family. You're like, cool. My family got, got gospel, cool, whatever. And then the rest of the week, you're just chilling, you know, uh, smoking and joking, drinking, whatever, you know, so, and not, not, not having any relationship with the Lord. So yeah, it's not a religious thing. It's not like, uh, every Sunday you go there just for religiously. Like I got to go or I'm in trouble by the Lord. No, it's not like that, man. You got to read the bible you got to like you said you got to pray the the weapons uh that's that's described in um in ephesians is uh the double-edged sword is the word of god and then you also have prayer so that's your offensive weapon right so then uh i'd have to go through it i think it's the 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 truth is the is the belt right and then you have the the breastplate of righteousness you have the salvation for the helmet yes and then you have uh the gospel for your shoes right so Now, offensively, uh, let's understand that when when Jesus is tempted by the devil and he's up on the mountain, he doesn't pull out an AR-15 and he doesn't pull out a, a, a literal sword all he does is use the word of God against the devil and the devil's going to use the word of God against you, but he's going to obviously, uh, he's going to, he's going to take it and uh, fumble it a little bit or make it, a, you know, try to change it in his way. Give you like 80% truth, 20% lie, 90% truth, 10% lie. As long as the lie is there, he doesn't mind. Right. So, uh, yes, That's like I right. said, offensive weapon is the word of God and offensive weapon is also prayer. And it seems like you said, uh, yeah, the, the, the word that you use was the what, what? would you use for the not the logos word, but the the other? Oh, what the
2: word? rhema word. There you go. The yeah, spoken I, I, word of spoken God. Spoken word. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that that's given. So when you're reading your Bible, you know, I would only recommend people reading their Bible um, after prayer. Okay, when you've spent time in the secret place, when you've been worshiping God, when you've been praying in the Spirit, when the anointing is on you after having spent time in the throne room of God in your secret place, worshiping and praying in the presence of God, that's the best time to pick up the word because the Holy spirit is over you. He's ministering to you. And when you pick up the word, you might read one, you might read two pages and only one scripture stands out, jumps out at you and you think, wow, I've got the revelation of that. That is the rainbow word of God. That is what builds your faith. That is what God's speaking in the now. That's what's going to sustain you for the rest of the day. How many times you picked up and other believers listening picked up their Bible when they're reading for like an hour, page after, and they're not getting much? That's because they're not getting the rhema word. Well, of course, we need to study the word to show ourselves approved unto God. That's you know that's what two Timothy two fifteen says, yeah. but. The best time to pick up the word is after we spent time in prayer in the secret place. I chat and in the mornings. Yes. That's the best time. Look at the psalms. David wrote often, I arise early, Lord. I seek you early in the morning. So many references underline them. That, 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 there's probably like about 30 different references. That was the key. Jesus rose up early and went into a solid a place of solitude to pray before anyone else got up. So what I do, I get up early. I usually get up before my kids get up. I've already bound those demons. I've already dealt with the devil. I've already stomped on his head. I've already prayed angels to protect us, you know, and that's the best time to pray. And I say, you better meet with God in the morning before you meet with the devil during the day.
1: Yeah. Because you're
2: going to somehow at some point, someplace, you're going to get tempted you're gonna be get a little bit weak, the devil's gonna come at you. And and one of his greatest weapons, where he's got the two greatest weapons he's using right now is fear. Um, prayerlessness equals paralysis, you know, he tries to paralyze people from doing anything, and he's successful with people who don't pray. Yeah. So prayer fills you up with the presence of God to stand, it strengthens you to stand against the enemy boldly. I'm always praying for boldness, you know, and let's not mistake boldness for arrogance. Some people sometimes think, oh man, he's arrogant. No, that's boldness. Yeah. Don't mistake meekness. Don't mistake uh, meekness for weakness either. Meekness is not about doing what people tell you and, and just, you know, go live in a cave like a monk and be humble and meek. No, that's not, and meekness is not doing what other people tell you either. I, I tell people true humility and weakness is not living under the will of man, but coming into agreement with the word of God. When you agree with what the word of God says, you're being meek, you're being humble. Mm. You, don't, you know, because sometimes I get families saying, trying to give me their opinions. Everyone's got an opinion, right? Everyone, <laughs> their truth. You know, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but no one's entitled to their own truth. There's only one place where we get that. That's the word of God. That's objective truth. But I sometimes get family saying to me, oh, why are you doing it this way? Um, You know, and giving me their opinion. And when I don't agree with them, then they, they say, oh, you're proud. Oh, you're unteachable. Oh, you're not listening to us. That's not pride. When you're coming into agreement with the word of God, even when you don't agree with the Will of man, and so I think sometimes we 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 um we get into bondage because we're always trying to please people, we're always trying to follow their advice, um you know. And I put a post on Facebook recently; it's already got like seven hundred hits, likes on my Facebook page. I put actually, I'll bring it out. Actually, it's on my phone, so I can't take that right there and read it. It's okay, but it's no something. Problem. But it says it says something like um uh stop following all the advice you're getting from friends and family all right um that's nepotism Uh, and start obeying the voice of the holy spirit that's obedience
1: yeah
2: amen you know and and i've been misled sometimes and gone down rabbit holes because i'm i'm trying to sort of be humble it's a false humility (laughs) trying to listen to that person's advice and this advice, you should do it this way you should make dance music that way you should use that beat and i'm and i feel like the spirit of god telling me something different and i'd say to people out there whoever you are whether you're starting a new work whether you're leading a business um whether you're um you know a musician or a minister listen to the holy spirit that's the key have a relationship with the holy ghost and it's simple Hear his voice and do what he tells you. That's the path of success.
1: Yeah. And you won't hear that unless you're doing what you said, unless you're like uh, dwelling in the word of God, unless you're in prayer and you're asking him to guide you, you know, you're, you're going to be hearing, you know, like I said, uh, like God be true and every man a liar. So like you said, uh, the absolute truth is sitting on your nightstand. I always say it on my show. The, like all these conspiracy theorists and all these people are searching, they're scouring the internet, they're trying to find it here, oh yeah, there, crevices. But where's the truth? Where's the truth? And and they get led down uh-huh. all these rabbit holes. But the truth is, it's it's easy. It's sitting right on your nightstand, just waiting for you to pick it up. It's the absolute truth. So that's what I do uh, with my life. I, I use it as my absolute foundation. Whether science challenges it, psychology, biology, anything challenges the Word of God. I know that that is God's Word, and and I don't care what anything says, you know, unless it's testable, provable, repeatable and it's not going to go against God's word, there's no contradiction, but you know, maybe it's a new thing I can add to my tool belt. Okay, that's understandable, but not these theories and
2: all these different things that, that man come with. Oh out man, out. there's so much of that. Oh, yeah, 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 for it's sure. It's crazy. You know, the greatest virus at work on the earth right now isn't corona or some other disease, it's deception. Yes. And 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 I did a study recently, Joshua, and, and you like this because you kind of keep an eye out on all these conspiracy theories that are coming at us, right? Not just coming at us, but coming at everyone. Every time Jesus was um, spoke about the end times, the first word that he said was do not be deceived. Yeah. So to me, that tells me that deception is one of the biggest signs that we're living in the end times. And deception is at an all-time high, now, especially now in this post-Christian, post-modern world in which we live, where many are claiming there's no such thing as objective truth anymore. You know So objectivity's gone, and relative, relativism is here, subjectivity. So the truth is whatever you make it to be, and that's a dangerous place to be. So if you're a biological male and there's objective truth right there in terms of your X, Y chromosomes and your DNA, if you're born a male, your DNA doesn't change.
1: No.
2: Every, every, every molecule in your body has your, uh, a male DNA written in it. Okay? You have a chromosome makeup for a male, every single cell in your body. But if you believe you're a female, then well, that's your truth. That's your reality now. And so people are abandoning abandoning objective reality and creating their own reality. And that's dysphoria. Mm-hmm. That's a delusion. And I believe that Christians, number one, if we're, if we're not grounded in the objective word of God, then we're going to be subject and being hearing, being led by the Rhema word of God, the spoken word of the Holy spirit to our heart, we're going to be misled. And in fact, Paul tells Timothy, I think in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says in the last days many will be deceived by doctrines of devils. Now yeah, even the, indeed, elect, yeah. even the yeah. elect would be deceived. Even those who are actually following Christ might be deceived. And he warns them, and we're living in that day and generation now. And here's the thing. Uh, it, like you alluded to, is, it's only just a grain of deception. It could be 95 percent truth and it all makes sense and there's that five percent grain and in fact rat poison is made up of 95 if you look on the back of the packets i read through and you can google this rat poison is 95 percent food nutrition for the rat and only five percent poison the 95 percent will feed you but it's the five percent that will kill you so we have to watch. We have to be grounded in the Word, brother, because deception is rife.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it's in the church. Uh, what what happens that uh, I think is which is not good is uh, a lot of the secret societies. Uh, you know, maybe like a pastor will join the Rotary Club, and then he'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to join the Lions Club," and by the time you know it, he's a Freemason and he starts moving up the ranks, and he's you know <laughs> he's, he's dealing with the city, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah. so now you got uh lucifer involved in the church at that point and, and I, I don't oh, I know yeah. i have certain pastors out there that are probably like that's not true i mean you guys gotta understand okay from, oh from my, from my perspective right then. yeah if you don't study like that's what i'm talking about like uh Find out if your pastor at your church is, is, is involved in any of that. If he's a real yes. Club member, he's just barely starting out. I'm not saying that he's, he's it, you know, worshiping the devil at that point. But as you move up in the ranks of Freemasonry and try to get power, you know, for the city and try to get this, you guys got to understand, Gnosticism is going to start leaking into your church, you know, and you're going to start getting uh, uh uh mixed up. Like you said, 5% poison, 95% truth is going to start leaking in the church. And, and I know there's a lot of pastors out there. That are actually involved in Freemasonry, you know. So you guys got to be careful with that. Not gonna. I'm not talking bad about anybody. I'm just saying, be careful. no. We need be to be aware. real.
2: Yeah, we need to yeah. be real. The Lord showed me how the day the danger of Freemasonry years ago, yes. and um, it is demonic. It's Luciferianism. It's yep. the Rotary Club is a little bit more benign. It's you know they they focus on on philanthropy and. Um, but Freemasonry is very, very different. Yeah, they do some philanthropy, but they're Luciferians. and But they won't tell you that. So they no. rope you in to make you think this is, um, you know, just like another kind of... Boy
1: Scouts. Of club, <laughs> Boy Scouts
2: club. We yeah. band together. We show each other favor. We net. It's like a networking sort of, um, you know, club. And they rope you in into these rituals. And if you go online, and I did a video on Freemasonry, you can actually get a, a bird's eye view of what what they do in those Freemasonry rituals and it's serious stuff like if you betray their secret if you betray oh yeah, their code they get you to go through rituals where you literally are disemboweled you you actually yeah. physically enact the ritual of being disemboweled and your throat cut. who does that?
0: How was that yeah how that, was that, that
2: Would't that, <laughs> that ring alarm bells to anyone yeah you, yes you know? And there are pastors and people in the church who are Freemasons, and um, they're bound up by that spirit. And I tell you, I've been in deliverance meetings where people are being set free from demons of um, Freemasonry, and those are just some of the most violent uh, deliverances that I've seen. It's like they have full-blown seizures, what and is- they're going rigid and jerking all on the floor as the demons leave them, it, and it affects generations. It affects yes. families and children. It's a very dangerous thing. I came across a pastor, a friend of mine, once. He told me, uh, I was talking to him about the danger of Freemasonry. He says, "Oh, there's a guy in our church who's just we've just discovered he's a Freemason." I said, "Well, you need to have a very strong chat with him and tell him, educate him. He may be ignorant of the, um, uh, you know, of, of the insidiousness of, you know, Freemasonry." And if he doesn't repent, kick him out the church. Mm. Kick him out if he doesn't repent. He says, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. He was very sort of laissez-faire about it. Of I'm course. thinking, no, you can't be laissez-faire with the devil. Because yeah. you have a flock to protect. Yeah. And then when they s- stand up, for example, when they're under the influence of that spirit, and they're trying to prophesy, there was probably going to be a demon speaking through. Oh, yeah, demons know how to prophesy. Yeah. Demons know how to mislead people in churches. And so we cannot allow the devil to take a foothold in the church. And the demon that I hate the most is the, is the demon of religion. That's the one most active in the church. That's the one keeping people to rituals and routines. There's a church down the road that I visited. They keep their services strictly to one hour. Literally it's all timed. It's all mechanical works by the clock. (laughs) worship for 10 minutes word for like 30 minutes whatever then communion it's all it's all engineered and it's all mechanical leaves no place it's like do you think that god is a ultimatum do you think (laughs) like uh you know he um he just says all right be be have your routine and i'm out yeah there's no space for the holy spirit to flow There's no space for God to really move and speak. Everything is timed. And it's a routine that's designed. That demon of religion engineers that so it blocks the power of God from moving. Instead Mm. of the power of God moving and delivering people and setting them free and healing them, because that's what should happen in every church service, Jesus cast out devils as often as he preached. And if you go to a church that... Is like that. It's kind of like a routine. And all you get is a good work. You need to go find a church that's moving in the power of God. And, for example, there was one woman who came to our, we have revival prayer nights here, because I'm gearing up for revival uh, gathering in April. And she was brought from that church. Uh, someone invited her from the church I'm speaking of. Now, I don't like to name in shame, so that's why I'm not no, naming the sure. church. I get it. But people can identify. People can identify. Yeah, I'm similar to that. They brought her and in the middle of worship, I looked at her and I could see the demons in her eyes. I knew she was being oppressed, she was being afflicted. So I called her over in the middle of worship. This is what I mean. You can't be led by a routine. The Bible says in Romans 8:16, these are the, sorry, Romans 8:14, these are the sons of God, those who are led by the spirit of God. So I just felt led by the spirit to call her over. I called her, over. I said, I'm gonna pray for you now because there's something afflicting you and I wanna see you free. So she was down with that. My wife was standing at the back of her and we began to pray against demons of affliction, grief, hurt, guilt, shame. That's what was coming to our my mind at the time. And I'm not, with no hyperbole, I've seen people fall under the power, right? You know, and uh, someone catches them, they sort of flock back. This woman, it was like a lightning bolt struck her. It was like a, a pallet of bricks just boom, came down. Wow. She went down so fast like a sack of potatoes. I, I said to my wife, I've never seen anyone fall under the power like that before. No one could accuse us of pushing anyone. That was just the glory and power of God coming upon her. Then she started breathing heavily and we started casting out those demons. Mm. And though she had a demon of self-condemnation. Because I said to her, right, I'm getting this what because this is how we need to operate. The gifts of the spirit are tools for us to do the job. They're the graces of the spirit. They they impart they're the mercies of the spirit. He imparts us knowledge and grace and power in that moment to move. Mm. Um and I was hearing the word self-condemnation. So I said, to all right, renounce this spirit, renounce. That's like you cutting the tie with the devil, that demon. It's like you saying, I don't want you anymore mm-hmm. in my life to afflict me. So I said, renounce self-condemnation. She couldn't get the words. She, she was like, <laughs> she couldn't say the word self So I pressed her. I said, no, you need to cut the tie. And then she renounced it. And then well, the moment she renounced it, that demon left her. I said, now breathe out. And she started breathing out. And mm. you could see a release from her body. And the moment that happened, she got filled with joy. She yeah. burst out laughing. She got set free. Everybody saw that she was released from that demonic stronghold. And she was filled with joy. And then we said, right, the next words that are going to come out of your mouth is going to be a, a prayer language that is not English. So we believe in, in people being filled with the Holy ghost speaking in other tongues. Yeah. So we pray for her. the moment I said, be filled with the Holy ghost. She, it was like someone turned the fire hose on. I wish I had a GoPro camera to get this. Cause that's what okay. I want to do from now. And I want to capture these moments and, and put them up on Insta and Facebook as reels. For people yeah. to see a demonstration of the power of God. It was like a fire hose. She blurted out this tongue for the yeah. first time in a brand new prayer language. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it was, and the place erupted. Everyone began to cheer. It was like amazing what God was doing. And that should be the norm. Honestly, that's not just reserved for some special group or yeah. some special revival meeting. This should be happening. In every church, you just think about it. She was bound up with those demons for possibly years. I didn't yeah. interview her after. I'm going to yeah. interview her. To f- yeah. And but she's going to church. She's exposed to the, those mechanical services, but she's leaving with the demons. Yeah, a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing for a woman to come, anyone to come, with that demon, and then the demon to leave without them. For them to be set free once and for all. And Jesus commands us to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And not just leave them empty. Don't just cast the demon out of them. And like Jesus said, I think in Luke chapter 11, when a demon spirit goes out of a man, you know, finds it and comes back and finds it empty, swept and garnished. He takes another seven spirits with, with him, more wicked than himself. Wow, yeah. So, no, we don't want to leave them empty. With their house put in order, we want to see them filled. When they're filled, it keeps the demons away. It keeps yeah. the demons out. They won't get back in. So yeah. that's what we got to do. We've got to preach the gospel. We've got to cast out demons. We've got to heal the sick and pray for people to be filled. The, the, the example of the apostles is for us. It's not just for special anointed ministers to pray for others to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm training all the people that I disciple. They can go and do the same. They need an impartation of that and they can all do the same. Yeah. Get people filled with the Holy Ghost too. So that's what I call revival brother. The church coming back into the book of Acts as how it should that's how what should it reminded
1: be. that's what it reminded me of when you were talking, you know. And uh we got to understand that demons, fallen angels and the devil is real. Uh I like to listen to like Derek Prince and uh uh yeah. John Ramirez For the spiritual battle part, I I like I like some of their their sermons on it, but yeah, so that we know, like you were talking about that, this is real, and uh, you know, there's demon. That's like a tug of war match, right? So the demons are pulling on your head, that you know, God is pulling you back. You know, it's like or or the devil's pulling you one way. You got like a tug of war going on spiritually at all times. You don't even know it, right? So interesting stuff. I love that. Um, there was something that you uh you said on your Instagram that that I thought was awesome. I I was gonna go over real quick, so. You were talking about how the world calls it freedom, God calls it obedient or disobedience, right? Do you remember saying this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said the world calls it abortion, God calls it murder. The world calls it fortune telling, God calls it witchcraft. The world calls it attraction, God calls it lust. The world calls it an affair, God calls it adultery. The world calls it LGBT, and God calls it sin. The world. Uh, calls it censorship. God calls it persecution. The world calls it yoga and God calls it demonic. Very interesting. A lot of that stuff that you were touching on is, uh, is a lot of the new age teaching that's happening right now. Uh, as far as like the, yeah. uh, fortune telling, right. The, uh, the witchcraft, the, uh, the yoga, right. Yeah. People be like, what's wrong with yoga. All I'm doing is yeah. stretching. You could. Find out what the root cause of yoga <laughs> is, you know, yes. <laughs> you're, yes. you're dealing with, uh, with, uh, uh, you know, certain spirits of the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, it's not Shiva, Shiva's the destroyer. I can't remember which god it is, but they're you're posing to that god, you know. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I liked when you were
0: saying, Yeah, that, was...
2: you're right, it comes from Hinduism, and that lotus position is the position of the Shiva god in Hinduism. So, there's nothing wrong with some relaxation and stretching, but when you get into these positions that are birthed from. Uh, religions look i have to be real hinduism is rife with demons yes i've been to india i've been all over i've preached all over india for years and they believe that that there's about 330 million gods yeah not just one or two 230 millions a bit i've been like the rat temple there's a de- there's a there's a god of of rats there's a god there's a monkey god you know, there's, there's Kali who's, and, and when you read the Vedas, and I wouldn't encourage anyone to read the Vedas, the book of Vedas, which is what Hinduism is based on. These demons, are, these gods are having sex with each other. It's the most, this one of the most despicable kind of um, sexually immoral kind of doctrines in, in these religions. And I call it as it is, brother, we need to, we can't entangle that with Christianity. We cannot, we got to demarcate and distinguish. And I'm, I'm not out to rubbish other religions. I, uh, what I mainly do is I promote the gospel and promote the one true most high God manifested through Jesus Christ on earth. That's who we worship. But we need to understand something about other religions. You know, you know um, not all roads lead to Rome and not all religions lead to God. There are religions that lead you into deception and darkness only and and even the christian religion it can be a place where you get deceived we're yes. not supposed to follow religion we're not supposed to follow christianity we're supposed to follow a person and i stopped preaching sermons a long time ago i don't preach sermons anymore i preach jesus i preach a person yeah. i preach a living savior i want people to encounter him when you encounter jesus as a person not as a historical figure Um, you get transformed. You can never be the same again. I want to introduce people to a living Messiah, a risen Christ, who, by the way, he's not some LGBT accepting, sin-toting, sin-tolerating, you know, namaste, puppy-love-Jesus, you know, where everybody gets in. No. (laughs) The Bible says in Hebrews that he loves lawlessness, but he hates sin. He hates lawlessness. And, you know, there are, everyone talks about the love of God, but what about the hate of God? Yeah. There are things that God hates. Yeah, Just read Proverbs chapter six. Yeah. He hates the shedding of innocent blood. He hates feet that run to mischief. He hates a lying tongue. You know, there are things that God hates. And in fact, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You know, the, the hate, Is not the absence of sorry, love is not the absence of hate, it's the other way around. As Christians, you know, like hate is some negative word, yeah, if you hate people, but we're supposed to hate hate evil, we're supposed to hate sin. I want to have a hatred for anything that God hates, and God hates sin. And if we don't have that same hate in our lives, how can we truly love what God loves? Because if you really love what God loves, you're gonna fight for that love. Yeah. You're gonna hate anything that opposes that love. You know, if you're a, a mother who's just birthed a, a brand new baby into this world and that baby is sitting there and it's caught, right? Or Well, not sitting, but lying there. And there's some tarantula that's crawling up its warm newborn skin. Your instinct as a mother is, I hate that tarantula. I'm gonna get it off my baby. You'll yeah. run. You know, like the wind, then you will just do whatever it takes to get that tarantula off your baby because it poses a lethal threat. Mm-hmm. And sin is a lethal threat to anyone, especially believers, because we are supposed to be hating sin. We're supposed to be living a sanctified life that's separate from sin. But what about when we do sin? You know, well, look, we have weak moments of weakness, right? Look, I, I, t- I tell Christians... And I tell my my men who who we meet every Tuesday night, I tell them, there's going to be moments of weakness, right? You're human. Um, You'll fail. There's three things that you need to do. Be quick to confess. All right? Confess it. Proverbs, I think, 11 says, he who confesses and forsakes his sin shall find mercy. But he who is stiff-necked shall find destruction. So, Confess it. Get it out. Be quick. Don't do it three months later. Don't do it three hours later. Like you caught some pornographic image on your phone. That can happen. And you find yourself getting absorbed with it. Confess it right there and then to God. Claim the blood of Jesus to cleanse you in that moment. Don't leave it another day. That's that's one day of condemnation coming on you. That's one day of guilt and shame coming on you. Cleanse it confess it be quick to act so be quick to confess be quick to claim the blood of jesus be quick to act on the word of god and walk away from that thing yeah. because i think men one of the one things that they struggle with right now is pornography so if you yeah. want to be real and address issues that are affecting men of our day i don't know about women maybe women too but i know that with men it's a big problem i have to yeah. counsel a lot of men to get free from pornography
1: it is. And I was deployed, you know, for an entire year with no wife be- before as as I was in the transition phase of being saved and, and of the world, you know. So I understand about pornography, believe me, because there's no wife and nothing for one entire year out in the desert. And and you know, and I and you know, that's just one thing that, that it really affects the soldiers out there, and that's the first thing you start Googling. And and out there it's like uh you're on the Wi-Fi of uh Kuwait, so you don't have that. So they go so as far as to downloading uh, VPNs and all this stuff so there's definitely a demonic presence of that in the military you know so it's hard man it's very difficult but i i agree and that is one thing that is major and and um i think pornography is something that is is definitely affecting a lot of men we're gonna have a show actually on that um february 18th uh we're gonna have a guy that's that's Mm. good at like getting people off of doing that and then i have a girl yeah on that's needed knows the industry because you know that's uh, great People need to know that a lot of that stuff is uh, people being forced to do the pornography, or they're like sex slaves or sex trafficked, and they, you don't know that. You think, oh, they're oh, that's big this. time, yeah. So sex we got to be careful, man. Cool. We got to be careful. So, but we're coming up on an hour. You know what? I don't want to be like the churches that that, that ended in an hour. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's okay. No, no. Any any last words for our I audience? I think way. this whole I know I'm just kidding. This whole um this whole podcast I think was Holy Spirit filled. I loved it. We got a little bit conspiracy, a little bit of, of uh, uh, mostly the word, which is what I love. I appreciate you. Um, any last words for our audience before we end?
2: Uh, final words. Um, yes. Fall in love with Jesus. Amen. And share him with the world, right? Don't just keep him to yourself. Share him with the world. That's revival. Just fall in love with the person jesus christ he's real he's alive he's present he's accessible through the holy spirit and the bible says all who call upon the name of the lord shall be saved." It doesn't say all who believe
0: yeah. there's a lot
2: of people believe but they're not calling every day i'm calling on the name of the lord every day i'm worshiping the name of the lord have an active relationship get up in the mornings pay the price of discipleship okay there's a price to be paid Salvation is free, but becoming a true follower of Christ, a disciple, will cost you. It will cost you your sin. It will cost you your time. It will cost you your treasure as you give to the Lord. You know, he wants to be Lord over every area of our lives. And, And use your talent. Like, okay, I'm using music. I'm using whatever's available to me. Use whatever is at your disposal to serve the Lord, to glorify God in everything you do. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Josh. You're a soldier, man. I appreciate you. You're informed. You know the word. You're a trooper. Keep going, man, because the world needs people like you.
1: Amen. Well, um, I like to have roundtables on my show. Uh, I'm going to try to have a spiritual warfare roundtable, and I think that I would love to have you on. Uh, I'll get a couple other guys that are that are keen in, in the subject, um, and I think that obviously you're doing that every day and doing revivals and, and you're casting out demons. You'd be a, you'd be a great soldier. And like, what I say is I'm no longer a soldier for the United States army. I am a soldier for the Lord. Right. And I was a soldier for him too, but I am now 100%. I have no ties to anything, but god and that is it so i i want to say to you bro i appreciate you coming on i appreciate everything you're doing on as far as spreading the word on instagram spreading it through your music your your ministry is amazing um i like to always oh you know what can you please tell them uh the audience where you your your youtube pages and also your instagram and then i'll end this in prayer where they can find you
2: yeah, if you want to find me on social media, just type in Dr. James 1. That's D-R-J-A-Y-M-Z 1, you know, uh, number one.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and just if you want to find my content on Spotify, again, just look for Dr. James. That's D-R space J-A-Y-M-Z. I spell it a different, slightly different way than normal. J-A-Y-M-Z. That's it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like Dr. Jams, but it's James. That's, that's, that's how I see it.
2: <laughs> Cause you, you do jam out. Oh yeah. all the Dr. Jams, you know, the doctor <laughs> yeah. knows how to jam, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> but i tell you a story. I changed the spelling as well. I mean, you know, you get artists, I'm an evangelist, but you know, if you're going to enter the EDM scene, you've got to kind of have a, a, a unique name like T.S. Stowe and so rehab spells the E with a three. Um, but I changed my name because there's a guy who has exactly the same name as me. Who's a pedophile in Canada. Oh. And I didn't want, and it was all over Google and I didn't want people confusing him with me. So that's the oh. added reason why I, I changed it. No, we don't want that. Right?
1: No, heck no, definitely not. So, all right, we'll end this in <laughs> prayer. So uh father, God, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for a clear connection. Thank you for uh, bringing Dr. James on the show. We appreciate everything you do for us, Lord. And we did speak a lot about demons, uh, this big old uh, satanic uh, event that's happening in Boston, Lord, we know that you, uh, you know, through Jesus Christ are the creator of all things, you know, everything was created through Jesus by jesus and for jesus so we know that you rule over all these dominions lord and that you know exactly how to handle this so we pray in jesus's name that you rebuke all evil spirits and in, in, in any satanic temple Amen. any type of uh please rebuke any type of person coming to boston to try to do witchcraft to open up portals close all that don't let them have any power lord uh we understand that in the churches right now Amen. there's a lot of deception and we know that the end times are here and the deception running rapid Lord please we 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 say rebuke all spirits of deception deceiving people pornography addiction cigarettes uh you know dip or uh drugs anything that's going on I just had a uh someone close to me Lord pass away from fentanyl Lord we want to rebuke all fentanyl abuse and and all drug abuse and everything amen all in Jesus's name in Yeshua's name Yeshua the mashiach Lord, we appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you, Lord. And I want you to help me also, you know, help me with anything I have going on with me. If I have any type of poison, vinegar, any type of uh, thing that's happening with me or with Dr. James, anything over his family. We want you to send a legion of angels to protect him for yes, what Lord. he's doing. And please protect my family and everybody that's listening. Lord, we love you. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Yes. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you, oh, Josh. You. Oh, six o'clock. See Perfect. you guys. Like- Hey, God bless you. And uh, everybody that's listening, please subscribe to Dr. James' YouTube channel. Check and subscribe to this one. Like, comment, uh, we appreciate, and God bless everyone.